Welcome to Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends with law enforcement professionals and personalities from across Canada. And now, a message from our sponsor. With Laurier's 100% online degree programs, you can earn your undergraduate or graduate degree from a top-ranked university with an academic and institutional tradition that's over 100 years old. Choose from a Bachelor of Arts in Policing, Bachelor of Arts in Criminology and Policing, Master of Public Safety, and five graduate diplomas in the area of Emergency Management, National Security, Countering Crime, Border Strategies, and GIS and Data Analytics. Transfer credits apply for basic constable training towards the BA in policing. For more information, visit www.laurierpublicsafety.ca. Hello, Blue Line, the podcast subscribers. We hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode of Blue Line, the podcast. I'm Renee Franker, the editor of Blue Line magazine. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Today, we are honored to be joined by Dilnaz Garda, President of Toronto Beyond the Blue, or TBTB. This is a charitable organization providing support to families of Toronto police officers. Dilnaz is a high school teacher with the York Regional District School Board and has bravely shared her personal experiences with mental illness in the hopes of encouraging others to share their stories. In 2016, tragedy struck her family when Toronto Police Constable Darius Garda, Dilnaz's brother, died by suicide while dealing with PTSD and other mental health issues. As the current president of TBTB and vice president of Canada Beyond the Blue, Dilnaz is known to work to make a sustainable cultural shift in the areas of mental health and well-being for TPS officers and members and their families and everyone across Canada in law enforcement. And just a side note, Canada Beyond the Blue's mandate is to work towards increasing the number of established Beyond the Blue chapters across Canada. It says, this will allow for greater support structures, collaboration, and access to resources for police families in Canada, something we know we all need more of. Dilnaz, thank you so much for your time today and for joining us. Thank you so much. The pleasure and honor is mine. So ideally, I know we're both in the GTA, we'd be meeting up in, in person to record this podcast right. episode right in the studio, uh, but COVID-19 uh, and we're safely in our homes as such, connecting virtually. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, let's start, how is this new idea of pandemic life? How, how has that been for you personally? You know, it's definitely affected me as a teacher, right, and having to navigate a whole new um, virtual online schooling piece, uh, realizing that, um, you know, maybe I'm not the best teacher for my children. So that was <laughs> a really <laughs> humbling moment. Uh, but mommy does this for a living, right? So there was that. And, uh, you know, the other side is to be a piece and really, uh, you know, in taking all the pieces that come with that and not having the luxury of being in such a tight bubble uh, because my partner has to go into work. And so, you know, it, it's been a very interesting time where we've had to figure out what's going to work best for our family, um, leave the judgment at the door for others. Um, and I think just be kind to everyone who's doing their best navigating a pandemic. 
Well said, and, and that's the thing. Everybody seems to be going through something, whether that's a, a partner losing a job or, or just dealing with the kids at home now and, and trying to navigate their grief over losing things like graduations and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so that kindness component, I, I love that. You can, you can never show enough kindness, especially when we're dealing with uh, something like this on such a scale. So, Absolutely. Well, let's talk more specifically about the, the toll that policing in a pandemic, um, you know, may take upon our police officers from that mental health lens. Um, so, so what have you been seeing in our wider blue family? Yeah, you know, um, our families have been very verbal and active. I think this was the first time, though, that there was a real sense of fear. You know, when other things are happening, um, you know, family members of officers keep calm. You know, we, we, we almost understand how this is going to go. And for the first time, uh, we really saw a deep fear um, about safety and um, how were they going to keep their immediate family safe? You know, and, and having their, their family member, their, their uh, police member, do their job. What does that look like? And so there was a lot of what's the policy in place? How are you keeping my officer or civilian members safe? There was a real strong verbalization around, from the families. And, you know, rightfully so, rightfully so. And so that was a really interesting piece um, that we've never experienced before. So that was one component. And I think another component around mental health was definitely now, you know, we, the family is always trying to juggle things like, shh, you know, your mother or father sleeping from night shift, shh, right? And so we've kind of gotten used to that. But now there's a whole other level of stress. And I think, um, you know, the family's trying to deal with it, but sometimes even the police member. You know, sometimes they come home and don't want to share those stories as a safeguard. But now there's this added layer of, am I putting my family at risk for COVID? And so we really saw this back and forth of guilt of, you know, not knowing. Um, you know, police officers know what they're dealing with. Civilian members know what they're dealing with when they take the call or what have you. This is something they've never experienced before, right? Like this is our first for a pandemic. So how do you navigate something that you yourself have never experienced? And so this was kind of an even playing ground for both the, the police member as well as the family in terms of not knowing, needing the reassurance um, moving forward. And there was no, you know, guidebook to, to say how to take this on or uh, how to talk to your spouse about this and, and explain, uh, you know, your safe day, um, which is also a, a taxing ordeal, right? And going over, this is where I was uh, day by day, hour by hour, um, even looking into, uh, I know, in our virtual symposium for our mental health and, and wellness, uh, you know, panel um, sergeant with york regional police mentioned how the officers that did have COVID have all thankfully recovered and they're they're healthy and and safe and back at work um but now the concern is okay well we don't really know what the long-term effects are and so still navigating that and and their family members navigating that it's uh, it's it's trying and draining i can only imagine yeah. what kind of uniquely you know 2020 uh your 2020 strategies have, have you been looking into overall to, to support police and, and police families uh this year it's i'm sure changed the business for you 
You know what? Um, I think this is an interesting question because my initial reaction is nothing. We have actually been doing what we do best, which is supporting our um, officers, civilian members, and family members in the same way we did without COVID, which is checking in on them regularly, you know, and having all these supports and resources in place. Now, so that, that's been a really proud piece for us, you know, that we've been able to continue what we do. I, I do think that changing it to a virtual model has been something that everyone has moved to. So while the programming might have been done in person or, you know, in a workshop, we took it to an online platform. And you know what? And sometimes it, that was, that's been a great thing because people have been able to, in the comfort of their own home, in their safe place, sometimes there's anxiety just coming to the building. Who am I going to see? You know, all these other fears that outline the anxiety to, to, to getting somewhere that sometimes we take for granted. Here, you can turn your video off. You can still participate. Hell, you can be in your pajamas for all I care, right? And then you're still getting access to supports and resources. You know, and the other thing is we're able to then record it so that if you've missed it, but you want to capitalize on the information, it's there for you. And I think that's been our biggest aha moment, especially with shift work, right? You know, people want to come. I cannot get that right date and time because, you know, so, so I do think that this has been a really learning moment for us on the back end, on an organizational back end, you know, but we want to find that balance because we don't want to do everything virtually either, right? There's something to that face-to-face -face social interaction, you know, especially police, they get a read on you, you know, and, and that's, that's something they can't uh, substitute. So that I think is our biggest pivot. I can relate to that uh, and that virtual need to, to still be providing information and connecting, uh, connecting yeah. audiences that way. I, I know it's a little bit different, um, but like you said, balanced, because at the end of the day, video calls can be still very, very draining on, on people, which is another kind of uh, offshoot that we didn't uh, realize until this all, all happened. So the accessibility part, that's fantastic that you're, you're reach or the potential for that reach has really increased so silver yeah. lining well years down the road you know when we're looking back what what do you think and it's hard because i know we're speculating but what do you think the takeaways will be from covid 19 and, and wellness overall because there's been there's been a lot of talk about about trauma recovery from covid for our children um you know I, I, that's what i've been reading about so i'm curious as to your perspective on, on this from maybe that law enforcement specific context you know what? It's been really interesting. And this is the first time I've actually shared this perspective because I've been mindful on how, on how I frame it. So I'll start with kindness. It's really allowed people a forced perspective into someone who struggles with mental health. You're isolated. Um, you can't go out. The uncertainty of, of tomorrow. It's almost forced this understanding. And you know, I work um, very closely with um, members who have uh, taken off sick leave because of an OSI or PTSD. And so something that um, Beyond the Blue does very well is, is frequently check in on those people and, and build a relationship in before, right? The support can't be a one and done. And uh, one of those members said, you know, um, Del, it's been really interesting because everyone's now joined my world. And I feel like... I'm not forced to go out. I can do things from Zoom. Like they've almost joined me. 
and it's given me a little bit of a breather and they've they've met me my family has now kind of understood when i say this they they're getting it a little bit more and so i think the biggest takeaway at a human level I think it's that piece, is that mental health piece and that kindness piece and what it feels like for someone who's experiencing something like this. And also, you know, people who were mentally healthy, they, you know, uh, who are now put in this position started to feel the impacts of it. And I don't think anyone can say that they're going to be untouched by this, whether it's directly or through someone they know. And so I think the biggest takeaway around this is definitely a sense of community and understanding and a lot more pieces around kindness. I, I keep, it's such a simple concept, but it's not sometimes. Um, and so I do want to keep highlighting kindness, which is just taking the judgment out of it. You know, you do you, I'm going to do me, and, and we'll take one step forward together. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, that increased empathy, right? And that's yes. increased understanding. I mean, man, it's it's so true because even, uh, you know, coming from a rather maybe strong position and, and you know, right. loving life and, and then all of a sudden that's all stripped away. And, you know, especially in the beginning, there was a array of very strange, hard to um, define feelings happening. Yeah. And, you know, I'm yeah. just feeling low today and I don't know why, yeah. but why? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? And, and you know what? This was an opportunity for us to even model it to our children, right? There was so much that we had to process and explain to our children. And this was a real piece around modeling. Like, you know, very early on, I made the decision that it did not matter whether my kids understood this unit because their happiness mattered more and I had to make those choices and model that for them yeah. well you know you mentioned uh, those, those tough choices and and um, new uh, mental health concerns uh, in light of what's happening but so how do we build that resilience in, in today's climate you know when we're faced with also based on what we've seen this summer uh, and the spring you know what at times feels like waves of anti-police sentiments now coming at us as well. There's a lot going on. There absolutely is. And, you know, um, I, you know, what, one of the things that I, there's a real heaviness and a real sadness to this environment right now. And I remember joking around with someone going, well, you know, when COVID hit, I wonder what's next. And oh my God, Black Lives Matter hit, right? And it's like, okay, I'm just not going to say that anymore. It's not funny. And, you know, rightfully so, rightfully so. But with our policing family, there was a heaviness around that because, you know, there's that, that support piece, but then we're police and there's a real sadness. Um, and so then we feel isolated even further. And, you know, one of the things that I think um, is our strong suit is connecting with people who just get it, connecting with other, you know, police families who just understand what's happening and, and how we're feeling and helping us to, to realize that we're not alone in it. You know, that's, that's a really big piece. You know, I think that one of the things that we can do is take control of what we have control over. And I know people say this a lot, but turn off the social media then. Make a decision to not watch Sons of Anarchy. Like, why would you do that, right? Like, you know, or whatever your drama show is. Like, you know... I remember right after birth and giving birth to my first son, there was a real darkness that followed for me. And 
um, it was not postpartum, but it was, uh, it was, you know, definitely, I was in a dark place. And I remember waking up in the night and I thought, I'm going to watch Impractical Jokers. And it w- it's a great comedy show. And I would laugh through my tears and pain. But, you know, you got to, ch- you know, whoever you followed on Facebook or so, just mute it. Stop just for a little bit. You know, what can you control? Control it. Like really take back control. And then learn how, learn that one liner that you need to politely ask your family members or friends that you cannot engage right now, right? And, and these are these small pieces that I think can go such a long way to buy you the week or month till this wave passes, right? And, and you know, I think Beyond the Blue allows for this to happen. And, 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 and really, we promote these tips and solutions because there are people that just want to vent. And that's great. There's something so powerful about that. But what happens after that? This can't be just a, a you know a vent fest because that can turn toxic really quickly. So we're all about solutions, and you know there's workshops that we put on that are they're called safe space and it allows our blue family to come in and share their feelings without judgment or fear of backlash, right? In a very private forum. So you know these are my most immediate solutions um, that I think are very tangible that I think make a big difference. They really do. And uh, I know, you know, one family member was really struggling. She said, I already give my husband to the, uh, you know, to the community. And now this is what we're receiving back. And now I have to justify it in public and this, that, and the other. And so we, we set her up. We just went, we went through her phone. We're like, give me your phone. And we started to just, you know, why are you following this page that is feeding you this information? Just a simple tip that can do so much for Mm -hmm. sure, especially with, we're just bombarded with information on so many different platforms. And, you know, if you set up those cell phones to allow notifications, it's by the end of the day, you're looking through them and there's, there's at least 50 sometimes with from news outlets uh, and, you know, Instagram. So it's, it's, that's a very powerful message that I can get behind before it as well. Just, just to hit mute. You don't even have to hit block just to hit mute for that extra, that week, just to give you that space. You bet. Great tips. All right. Well, uh, along those lines, you know, what can police services, uh, in your opinion, be doing to, to kind of further enhance that uh, mental wellness, mental health of their officers? You know, what, what is your key message and Beyond the Blue's key message to senior leadership uh, in 2020? Um, Big question, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, do we have another podcast? Okay. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, I think one of the, the most immediate pieces is to invest in their senior officers or supervisors. You know, oftentimes there's that lacking professional development over what are the signs and symptoms. You know, um, they go on various courses and emotional intelligence and leadership is something that is huge. Um, because if you can get it in front and if you can get at it early enough, that's going to fiscally, because it's all about the budget, right? Fiscally save you. And, you know, um, not only that, our police members, they are so loyal and they're just looking for that little investment in them. And then you've bought them loyalty. And so I really feel like giving them those, those management people, you know, they don't have to know what to do. Right. And it's funny because if it was someone on the street, they know exactly what to do. But, you know, <laughs> you, you know, they don't need to be the therapist. They just need to have a short list of those, those therapists. 
They need to be able to say, here's our community partners, let me get back to you. They need to have that first line into the courageous conversation. And that is, that is professional development. You know, you've got to invest in that and make them feel confident and comfortable, right? And the other thing that I think is so underestimated that I hear constantly, they didn't say thank you. So, for, and you know, it, it, it's, it's the simplest of things, right? They did not say thank you. And it comes down to, yes, you know, I, I had this critical incident or whatever the case may be, and this is happening, that's happening. At the end of the day, they just want to, hey, thank you for your service. You know, you're going through a really hard time right now uh, with, like, you know, let's say there's an SIU investigation or there's a complaint or, you know, there's, there's so much, right? Thank you. You know, I, I, um, I like, I know you couldn't save that baby, but thank you for trying, you know, and I think that's what they need to hear because they hear everything else. You did it wrong. You didn't do this. And when we say we've got your six, it means thank you. Yes. That's it. Just thank you. Thank you for trying. Thank you for showing up. You know, uh, thank you. Just thank you. It's one of those those littlest things that goes the longest of ways. Yeah, we see you, right? We see you. Yeah, we see you. Beautiful. No, thank you for sharing that. And and anyone can do that. How easy is that? Yeah, right? it's so easy. It's something we can all practice more. You yeah. bet. Yeah. You know, you kind of already touched on this because of um, how COVID has really changed the game. Um, but how do you see that stigma, you know, of mental illness really eroding? Like. Are we on track to see it dissolve um, in law enforcement in, in the near future, do you think? Because we've, we've been talking about it definitely since I've been on uh, board at, at, at Blue Line. So tell me more about what you're seeing. You know what? I'm always going to be hopeful. I'm always going to be hopeful because like any new thing, you know, cancer had, you know, a 20 year phase. Uh, you know, HIV and AIDS, you know, we thought we could catch it just by standing next to the person until you realize. So, you know, it's in phases. And I think mental health, we're very much in our infancy, in society, right? And not just law enforcement, in society. And so we're very much at that awareness phase. And, you know, I think that the fact that BTB exists nationally, we've got seven chapters, you know, Vancouver, Calgary, Ontario, like, it's fabulous that there is then a real understanding of this need and a verbalization of that need, you know, and, and initiatives like Bell Let's Talk, you know, celebrities coming out with their stories. This is where we start off with, right? And we keep growing. And I do think it's a generation, a generational piece. You know, I got mad at my son and I'm like, I just need to go upstairs and I need a moment. He's like, mom, we've learned about this. Take your mindful moment do some mountain breathing and come back down when you're ready. <laughs> it was like, Amazing. And, and you know what? So they're being taught. It is in curricula. So it, it is that generational piece that the new uh, workforce will know and be sensitive and understanding to this. And so I am absolutely hopeful. And, you know, while there will always be bureaucracy and red tape and it'll never come fast enough, trust me, I know I... You know, I lost someone to that time piece. I just want everyone to know steps are happening. 
you know, and, and that's the power of BTB is that we don't want the political bureaucracy, the red tape. If an initiative's going to run, we run it, you know, and we have that anonymity and arm's length from the service and association. And that's why we're so trusted, right? Because how can we navigate this help process, but we don't want our employer to know. And that's where we come in and, and we can channel them and funnel them to, to the right stakeholders. And, and sometimes that is the service. They just need to, to buy into it, right? And, and, and the association and whatnot. So, you know, I, I know it's not coming fast enough for some, but I will never lie. It is coming. And it is coming in these small steps that are really big victories. And we are taking steps forward. Amazing. I, I like that, that, that hope. We, we have to cling to that. And, and thank you for that message that it is coming. And, and beyond the blue, to see it growing across Canada uh, is also very powerful and, and hopeful. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that those seven chapters are going strong. Yeah, they really are. We're so proud of them. And they're all, you know, they're all started by family. So this is a family vested interest. And they're all volunteer run. They're all not for profit. And um, such a proud, proud thing. Yeah, the support is there, the resources are there. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, to that end, I, I know you're involved uh, with the Heroes in Life Memorial. Um, so tell me more about this and, and, you know, why you're so passionate about it and how we could all get more involved in uh, something like this good cause. Well, Blue Line has always been such a fantastic supporter. And so first and foremost, thank you. Um, and, you know, when segueing off of stigma, this is a big piece of that. You know, and what we're trying to bring awareness to are two things. First and foremost, we want a separate monument or wall because the death is different, you know. And so when, when an officer dies in the line of duty, um, there are policy reviews and possibly procedures that change for their safety, right? We don't want that death to happen again in that way for sure. And... You know, so we want separation to highlight the number of officers who are dying because of the line of duty, because they have served and served so proudly and so passionately the impact of that job, right, of what it has done to their mental health. And then in the same breath, we want, you know, politicians and employers to look at that separate monument or wall and look at the possible policies and procedures that are changing. And you know, it's really important that they are also seen as heroes in life because we wanna focus on how they served. We don't wanna focus on, you know, yes, they died and this is so unfortunate, you know, could it have been avoided? And both uh, in line and because of line of duty, look at that, could this have been avoided, right? It, this is so tragic. So for us, we want to focus on heroes in life, and we are, you know, um, and we have we have been seen such beautiful, uh, positive support. You know, we had to cancel this year, unfortunately, because of, of COVID, uh, but the su support has not wavered, and we have received support from PAO, the TPA, uh, OPPA Association presidents. We're so thankful for that. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've received the OPP commissioner has been phenomenal in his support. Uh, you know, so we, we've really garnered this understanding that this, the time is now, the time is now. And you want to talk about stigma. Um, this is one of those bigger pieces that we need to focus on as a next step forward. And I'm committed to that. I'm absolutely committed to it. Yeah, I think that distinction part 
and having that separate wall for the because of line of duty death, you know, not to in, but because it's, it's key. And to the, have you put it so clearly, uh, you know, how could we not take that next step forward? So thank you for sharing. Thanks. And, you know, any, any of the, anyone listening, you know, if there is an officer that you'd like to, to put forth, um, you know, please, uh, it's heroesinlife.com is the website. Please reach out and, and, you know, it's not just this wall. What we do is we also support the family members who otherwise don't receive that support. You know, they feel shame and stigma because that's the process that's that's made them feel that way. So there's a lot of back end work that goes into it beyond just the memorial. It's another community piece. Um, and we really want to emphasize that. You bet. And we'll make sure to link as well to the website attached to this uh, podcast episode. So take a look at that online article, everybody who's uh, listening right now. All right. Well, Del, if you've caught any of our previous episodes, you know we try to end each one with two kind of fun and lighter questions to give listeners more of an inside scoop about our guests. So with that, uh, you know, tell us something that maybe your TBTB colleagues might not know about you. <laughs> okay so I do you know what I'm 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 known to be very loud and sarcastic and you know that's definitely me so I think that they probably don't know that I'm maybe more of an introvert as I've aged I actually do like my quiet time and you know I really so you know as much as I engage there is this kind of shell that comes over me and I do like my quiet time and the kids know not to bother me in the morning like it's a very sacred time so I think that 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 I have this quiet side or this introvert side that no one would believe I have Oh, I love that. And I can completely relate. I think it's like an ambivert or ambivert now. You have like yep. a mix, right? Yeah. The whites, the power of white space and having, uh, you know, that silence where there's no one in this room and just so I can be creative or do nothing. Maybe I'm just going to think. All right. Well, this next question, we've had an array of answers from, you know, coffee to Apple pens to, uh, you know, dogs, of course. But uh, for you, what's the, the one thing you couldn't live without? Yeah, and, and I it, listen, I, I suck at these games because I, I have a list of 10. The whole, you know, what's your favorite? For me, I'm going to stick with Nutella. Oh, that's a great one. And we have not had that yet. Woo! Yes. Okay. And listen, if, if Nutella represents something bigger, it's just food and desserts in general. <laughs> so, but, you know, if I had, but, you know, for me, it's, it's Nutella. It's, Fantastic. Uh, you, you can put that on any, like you just anything. put it on anything. Oh. The Frank's Hot Sauce commercial. There you go. Yeah, I love that. It's breakfast for uh, after supper treat. So oh. versatile. After supper, it could be supper. It could be supper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. I think that might be my favorite one yet. Oh, well, Del, thank you for your insight, you know, your guidance today, your vulnerability today. I really felt connected to you and I just appreciate you sharing um, all of this, these wonderful tips and just letting us know what's going on with them beyond the blue across Canada. So thank you. We hope uh, to hear more from you and we'll stay tuned for the journey. Wonderful. Renee, and what you and your organization do is phenomenal and we are blessed to have an organization like this because, you know, our, our personnel look to you uh, for complete um, 360 unbiased, you know, uh, information. So thank you and your organization. Oh, thank you. That means so much more than you know.
Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Blue Line, the podcast. Make sure to check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us under Annex Business Media Podcast for Work. Also, check out our podcast tab on blueline.ca. Thank you to everyone listening, especially those out on the front lines protecting our communities. We see you. Stay safe. With Laurier's 100% online degree programs, you can earn your undergraduate or graduate degree from a top-ranked university with an academic and institutional tradition that's over 100 years old. Choose from a Bachelor of Arts in Policing, Bachelor of Arts in Criminology and Policing, Master of Public Safety, and five graduate diplomas in the area of Emergency Management, National Security, Countering Crime, Border Strategies, and GIS and Data Analytics. Transfer credits apply for basic constable training towards the BA in policing. For more information, visit www.laurierpubliccafety.ca. Thank you for joining Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. Thank you.